Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. Just wanted to kind of recap us to where we're at. We're now in Genesis 15. Um, This is where God covenants himself to Abraham. But I wanted to go back a couple chapters and and just kind of bring us up to speed and remind us. So uh, it was 700 years, give or so, from the uh, flood to the Tower of Babel. If you remember at the Tower of Babel, they tried to build a tower to heaven, and God was not too pleased with that. And he came down, and he confused their language, and he dispersed them in the earth. From that time to Abraham, they're saying it's about 365 years through the sons. And and Pastor Wayne took us down through those, those, uh, the family tree, the family line of that through, through those chapters. But God is so awesome. You know, at, at Babel, They tried to get into the throne room of heaven. And when he dispersed them, the nations began to go after false gods, idols. They began to make to themselves idols. And they began to worship false gods. And the God of heaven and earth, if I could say it this way, hungered to reveal himself to earth again, that they would know that he was the one true living God. And the way he was going to do this was through Abraham. He was going to call Abraham out of Haran. He was going to make him a nation He made him a promise as he called him out of Haran. And God was again going to reveal himself to the nations of the world through this covenant with Abraham, through this relationship with Abraham. He was going to make himself known again in hopes that the the world would recognize that he was the one true God. So I'm going to read... uh, through the, through the chapter, and then we're going to kind of dive in here and just tear it apart a little bit. And my hope today is that you're going to see that God is awesome, that he's like no other God, that he covenants himself to his people, where the false gods of the earth are desiring them people to covenant themselves to, to them and to do unspeakable things for them where God is actually going to step out of heaven and do things for his people. Genesis 15 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to, I'm going to call him Abraham, Abraham, in, in a vision. This is what the Lord said. He said, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield and your great reward. 
and your reward shall be great. But Abraham said to the Lord, O God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my house will be my, will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your own son shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, the land of the Chaldeans, to give you the land and to possess it. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? And he said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, and a female goat three years old, and a ram three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these, and cut them in half, and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcass, Abraham drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And behold, a dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. And the Lord said to Abraham, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in the land that is not theirs. And there will be servants there. They will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterwards they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried, buried in, a, in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And when the sun had gone down, it was darkness. Behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates the land of the Canaanites and Kezizites and the Kedalmodamites and the Hizzites and the Perizzites and the Rephim and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Gergesites and the Jebusites. It's funny, you know, in the last chapter, Abraham has gone in after Lot against five kings. And he overtakes them and he brings Lot back out. Can you imagine if you were Abraham, how you would be feeling? I know I would be probably pretty confident, pretty, pretty sure that I could do a lot of things and that God was with me and that God had my back and that God could do all things. And yet we see that after that happens, the Lord comes to Abraham and he commands him, fear not. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. I know in my own life, I can see God working in one part of my life or doing something absolutely amazing. And then, and then it seems in, in another part of my life, I have some questions. We can kind of see Abraham is, is wondering, Lord, you've done this for me. 
I've overtaken five kings. I've got Lot back. But, but what about this, Lord? What about the inheritance? What about the promise you made back in Genesis 12 that I would be a great nation, yet I have no children? And sometimes I was thinking, you know, we, we might be looking at Abraham here thinking he's kind of doubting God. But personally, I, I don't believe he is. I believe he's inquiring of the Lord. He's asking the Lord some information. How are you going to do this, Lord? I believe, but I, I don't quite understand how you're going to accomplish this. And we see the answer of the Lord. He doesn't rebuke Abraham. He doesn't say, how dare you doubt me? He actually comes in, he says, don't worry about this, Abraham, because I have promised you. And if that promise isn't enough, I'm going to covenant myself to this promise and I will perform it. Let that reassure your heart. Abraham believes him. And it's accounted to him as righteousness. This covenant that, that the Lord is about to perform is, is the first kind of picture of a covenant of grace that we see. Abraham is going to split two animals in half. And in the Old Testament times, in the Middle Eastern times, that was called cutting a covenant. And what they would do was they'd cut the animals in half and generally the, the promise keeper, the lesser, the junior of the, the two parties would walk through the middle of the animals. And what it was signifying was that if that person didn't keep the covenant, what happened to those animals was going to happen to them. Actually, we see a picture of that in, in Jeremiah 34, verse 18. It says, and this is the Lord, he says, And the men who transgressed the covenant and did not keep the terms of the covenant they made before me, this is what the Lord's saying, I will cut them like the calf they cut in two and pass between its parts. This was a, a holy, unbreakable profound, eternal covenant that God took very serious. And we see as this covenant's made, Abraham doesn't pass through the middle of the animal parts and is responsible for this covenant. Our God passes through the middle of the animals and covenants himself to Abraham and says, I will bring this to pass. Your part is to believe on me. Does that sound familiar? And I would even dare to say, none of us would be sitting in this room today if this covenant 
wasn't made and God hadn't kept it. Because through this covenant was going to come the Messiah of the world. We see that in Galatians, Paul said it, he wasn't talking about seeds. He was talking about seed, that your seed would bless the nations. And that seed was Christ. And because Christ came and paid the price for our sins, took your place and my place on that cross, and then because he sent the Holy Spirit into our hearts and we believed in that covenant, we're now sitting here in this room. That covenant that God made with Abraham is alive and well today, right here. We're evidence that God holds his covenant. That God is faithful. That God is true. That God works through the generations and keeps his covenant Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord God is God. He is faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. That is your God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He's covenanted himself to you on that cross. And our job is to believe on him and follow him. Here's the covenant that God does to Abraham. He says, this is, uh, it starts in, in, verse, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. It extends into chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, which we've read And even parts of it are in uh, Genesis chapter 22, verse 17 and 18. Number one, Abraham will be given land. Number two, God will make of him a great nation. Number three, God will make his name great. God will be with Abraham, blessing those that bless him and cursing those that curse him. And all the earth will be blessed through Abraham's seed. The Lord says in Genesis 22, verse 17 to 18, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and as the sands of the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So I want to encourage you today to obey the voice of the Lord your God. To fear not because he is your shield and your great reward. Our land is not in this earth. Our land is either in heaven with him or if he returns when he sets up his kingdom. We live 
for that land. We serve the Lord our God for that land, that promised land. We're no longer of this world, but in it. Just like Abraham came out of Ur into Haran, so we also come out of our sin and into the Lord Jesus Christ. We're made new in him, the Bible says. And the Lord God wants to to fill our lives with his spirit and his word. So like Abraham, all other nations would see the reality of God. So he wants to fill our lives with his spirit and his word. So all those people around us are going to see the reality of God. Notice after they cut the covenant, or they cut the animals, the birds of the air descend. And Abraham says, get out of here. Have you ever noticed in your own life, when God begins to do something, there seems to be an enemy that comes against what God wants to do? Generally, there's two things that can stop that. There's the enemy himself or his horde of deceivers, or our own flesh, our own desires, can try and get in the way of what God is trying to do. So I want to encourage you in that today, that you don't let the enemy stand in your way and in the way of the work of God in your life. You tell it to get out of here. God's at work. God's covenanted himself to me, and I'm going to believe and follow him. And if it's you standing in the way, or the work of the Lord, or the Holy Spirit, or God's work, I don't know what to tell you. Don't slap, to get out of the way. Let God do his work, because God's work is perfect. It's not always easy, and he likes to do spiritual surgery, but it's for his glory and your good that he works. And the hardest thing you'll go through It's going to be a great encouragement for somebody else. I have a family member that's going through some hard stuff, really struggling sometimes. And I've told her, I said, listen, God's bringing you through this so you can be a blessing to the next generation that's going through this. So you can say, God walked me through this, but you've got to hold on to him. 
You got to believe him. You got to trust that he's sovereign and that he's going to work. You got to draw strength from your personal walk with him. And then you'll be able to stand over that next person, that next generation that comes and says, Don't worry, God has this. I know he does because he did it for me. And I know it's not easy. I know in my own life, I've shrunk back in fear. I've let things linger. But the Bible says, we're not of those who shrink back in fear. We don't have a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Did you notice God spoke in that covenant? It says that Abraham fell into a deep sleep. And you know that Jewish word, I I can't quite say it, but it's the same word that happened to Adam when God put him to sleep and he pulled Eve out of his rib. That's the kind of sleep that he was in. And And it says he was in great fear and dread fell upon him. And God prophesied to Abraham, your people are gonna go into Egypt and are going to become slaves. But don't worry, I'm going to bring them out. So when you're in the middle of something, 400 years, God tells them. When you're in the middle of something, do not Fear. God's going to bring you out. Right out with possessions. I'm not talking about material possessions. You know, when I first came back to the Lord, He spoke to me very clearly and He kind of said to me, It's not what you go through, Warren, now, it's how you go through it. What he meant, are you going to go through it with being a man of character? A man after my own heart. It's not that he was going to shield me from every bad thing that was going to happen. It's that he was going to sustain me and teach me through that. The smoking pot. And the torch of fire. What is that? (laughs) Well, the flaming pot was a clay pot. It was a portable clay pot that they would bring with them to cook with. That passes through the middle. And then the torch of, of, of flame, of fire, passes through the middle of this. Imagine being Abraham and seeing that after just being told that your descendants were going to be in captivity for 400 years. And once God brings out Israel from Egypt, how does he lead them? By day, he leads them with a pillar of smoke. And the Bible doesn't tell us what the pillar, the, the, the smoking pot was, or the flaming torch. So we're, we're kind of speculating, and I did some 
a little bit of research on this, and the one that really hit close was it was so funny that after he tells them that Israel was going to go into captivity, then the, the smoking pot comes out. And I believe that that smoking pot represents him going to lead Israel through the wilderness. By day, a, a pillar, a cloud of smoke, and by night, the pillar of fire. God wants to lead us. God wants to lead us individually in our own lives to where he desires us and collectively as potter's house, a body working together in honor and love, submitted to Christ himself and to each other. He wants to lead us to be a light to West Kelowna. Do you know what is so amazingly crazy? Is the last couple verses there. I read you the land that God promised. This covenant isn't complete because Israel has never dwelt in all that border. This covenant is still open. They've never possessed all that the Lord has said in that chapter at one time. The covenant still needs to be fulfilled. God is still working this covenant out, and I believe we're going to see it when he returns. The Abrahamic covenant. What a beautiful picture for us, the covenant that he has made with us through Christ. This is what Paul said. I, I kind of touched on it, but it's in Galatians uh, chapter 3, verse 9. Pardon me, verse 5 to 9. It says, does, this is Paul talking to the Galatian church. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith. Remember, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. Just as Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Did you know that God counts you, even though if you're not of the seed of Israel as a son of Abraham? That he's promised himself to you? Know then that as those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, you and me, by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. And he's talking about out of you is going to come the Messiah. And every nation and all those who put their trust in him will be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. How was Abraham blessed? We saw the Lord working on Abraham's behalf, protecting him. Even though Abraham 
was making some crazy decisions. We see the Lord providing for Abraham. We see that Lot and Abraham have to kind of divide ways because their herds are getting so big. We see Abraham go in and take on five kings and come out and give a tenth to Melchizedek because of the blessing of God. Now, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. I'm talking about God taking care of you and me and being with us and walking with us in our lives. Verse 16 in the same chapter says, Know then that the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say offsprings, referring to many, but to one. And to your offspring, who is Christ. So then, this is verse 24, The law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian, for in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized, we're going to have one next week, into Christ, you have put on Christ. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that I'm a son of God, that I'm in Christ. That God rescued me on that road just across the highway here one day. That he opened my eyes, showed me he was real, and that he desired me to follow him. And that now he calls me a son. There is no greater hope. No greater rock. No greater love. No greater need than to be in Christ himself. All because of the promise that God made and then he guaranteed it through a covenant which relies upon God himself to Abraham. And then down through the generations he covenants himself again to us in the cross. And our job is to believe and to follow and to love one another. Let's pray. Lord God, you are mighty. You are gracious. You are wonderful. You are full of glory. In you is no lie. You are the God who gives. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. You're the God who sacrifices himself to pay for our sins. And I pray today, Lord, that there, if there are any here that haven't truly seen their own sin, haven't truly repented and turned to you and believed the gospel that they would make that decision here and now today to follow you. I pray for those here that have made that decision, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you would fill them, that you would feed them to do your will and your purposes 
in their lives and to all that are influenced by them and that you alone would be glorified. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day.